All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of a Pinball Podcast. Thank you guys once again for being here. I greatly do appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, you've probably noticed already that it is a little bit different behind me. I switched out a few games. As you can tell, Iron Maiden and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles LEs are both gone. I just needed to make a change. I'm taking my lineup, and I'm just turning it over. I do have a couple other games, though, downstairs. One of them... You're going to actually be probably pretty shocked that I have it, but it is here and I've gotten a chance to flip it for a couple of games. I'm still trying to figure everything out, but anyhow, so I got rid of Iron Maiden and Ninja Turtles. And the reason why I ended up doing that is just quite frankly, I just, I got done with it. I've done everything I could do on those games. They are enjoyable, especially Iron Maiden, but they're here local. I can play them on location and it got to where it just felt like I was getting through the game almost too much where it wasn't too much of a challenge anymore. And that's not even an indication of the actual game itself. I think it's just me having the same machine, the same setup. Even once I changed the setup a little bit, I would play it enough to where I'd figure it out. And so I just needed something a little bit different. And then that way I can get kind of bad at it again and then I can go get my butt kicked by it again. But yeah, either way, it's an excellent game. If you haven't played Iron Maiden before, I highly recommend it. If you've been living under a rock and you haven't, and if you have it at home, try to go for Run to the Hills. It's an excellent mode. It's fun to get to. It almost seems impossible, but once you kind of break down that wall and you get to that point, you end up doing very, very well, and you end up getting there consistently. All right, what just happened here? My notes just went nuts. Okay, either way, we'll keep going. So... Let's see, what games did I bring in in place of it? Well, I got a couple of games. One of them, I got a Stranger Things Pro. And the reason why I got this, one, I haven't got a chance to play it as much. I think I might have had maybe less than 20 games on it total up until this point. It's not readily available here in Oklahoma. And plus, I really do honestly believe that this game is going to show up in tournaments a lot. Once they fire back up and they get sanctioned again, I can see the type of game that this is, especially with it being super linear. I could see this being a mainstay in a lot of tournaments, especially high level tournaments. And plus there is a certain risk to reward ratio that they have in place with those four drop targets up front. And then of course you got the Demogorgon. Now can confirm, I still I can't hit the Demogorgon to save my life, except for just grazing it and bashing it. And then of course my 10 year old gets on it three times in a row, straight in the mouth. I don't get it. It just is what it is, <laughs> but he actually, he enjoyed it a lot. Now, the other game that we have is a Guns N' Roses by Jersey Jack. Yes, you heard it right. I do have a Guns N' Roses, but it is the standard edition. And the reason for that, I'm not a big fan of upper play fields. I'm just not. And I've played the GNR LE a couple of times now, and I still, the gameplay with it, I just couldn't get my, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So I ended up getting the SE and I was hoping that that would speed things up a little bit. And I can confirm it does play a lot faster, which is nice. I enjoy that a little bit more, but yeah, it's been crazy though with it. We, we drove back, we got it all set up. And as soon as I got GNR set up, there was something weird going on with it. And one, whenever we turned it on, all the lights would come on. And then after it got done booting, the lights would be gone. And I, for the life of me, could not figure out what was going on. Checked all the connections. They were all good. Checked all the fuses. They were all good. Checked the wiring to make sure things were in its right spot. They were good. I mean, I 
diagnose this thing for a few hours after driving several hours to get back home. And the next morning, which was yesterday morning, did the same thing again. And of course, ended up opening up a ticket and everything. And and they Jersey Jack basically said, hey, check the wires some more, check the connections, we'll figure it out. And I ended up getting just so frustrated that I just smacked the side of the cabinet. And lo and behold, the thing, just the lights stayed on. I couldn't believe it. So it was like a Fonzie moment. If you've ever watched that show, you know what I'm referencing. And all of a sudden the game just worked. I don't know how, I don't know why. It's making me question reality at this point, but somehow just by smacking the side of the cabinet, now all of a sudden all the GI works in the game. So before I was playing a Guns N' Roses with no lights at all, everything else worked. Switches work, songs work, flippers work, everything. It, there was just no lights. So I legitimately had the only GNR in the world a concert in a box with no lights. And I was telling somebody, it was like I was at a state fair concert. That's what it was, because there was nothing else going on. But you smack the side of a cabinet to your pinball machine, it works. So for all you people out there that have your fancy pinball machines, if you really want it to work, just smack it around and let it know who's boss, and evidently it'll work. But Anyhow, the second issue that I have with it though, and this one's pretty disappointing, and this was straight out of the box. I have actually a chip in the playfield and a piece of the wood missing from the playfield at the scoop. And that was direct out of box without even one game played. And that was really disappointing. I've never seen that in my life. As much as we talk about playfield issues, pulling and all that, I've never seen an actual chunk missing out of a play field without any games played on it at all. And how that left factory, I have no idea. But unfortunately, I ended up being the lucky recipient of it. But I did open up a ticket and hopefully I can get that all fixed up through Jersey Jack. So, you know, I, I will be able to give a full review of this game, but I'm still gonna wait a couple of months until I'm really put it through its paces and I figure it out. And because I really want to give the game a chance. Now, the reason why we got it is truthfully because of my family. My wife really likes the game and my kids, they like the lights, they like the endless multi-ball because they feel like they're getting far in the game. So, you know, happy family with pinball, regardless how I feel about it, I'm still kind of on the fence about it, but the light show, once it does work, pretty awesome. The sound's pretty awesome. I'm still getting used to just chimp flipping all the time, but I've kind of found a little bit of a workaround around that, which has helped a little bit, but I don't have enough games on it really to make any type of conclusion on how much I like or dislike certain portions of it. So I'm not gonna be one of these that goes on pin side and just declares the game a full 10 because I had one evening on it or that it's just a complete just crap show because I've had a few games on it. I mean, it's just like the initial review I had. There's some things I like, some things I don't like. There's some things that are excellent in it. There's some things that are not so excellent. And it's like that for every pin. No pin is perfect at all. But I'm willing to give it a chance and it'll be here at the house and we'll be playing it for a while. But anyhow, so we will segue into what is going on. And one of the things that, that I caught wind of just last week, and it was just crazy. So I had a few days to really think about this, is that there was a Pirates from Jersey Jack that went up on Pinside for $30,000, a collector's edition. And I'm not going to lie. I feel like this is absolutely insane but if you're going to get your money get your money i can't hate that but 
it is just this whole situation to me, especially with the way prices are going, it just creates a really unique, insane situa uh, situation. It just, uh, it boggles my mind. Even me just sitting here, just thinking about it and everything's firing off. I cannot make heads or tails of this. And I know we talk about FOMO all the time. We talk about, you know, people wanting certain games in their collection that other people don't have. And really the way that I look at it, I've kind of pulled myself away from this because just like I've talked to you guys about before, I'm really getting to the point to where I'm priced out of new unboxed pinball. I really am. And the only reason why I was even able to get a stranger things and guns and roses is simply because those were LEs, LEs, a little bit higher value, got the value out of it. I want it so forth. But in terms of buying something that's just pure new in box, I, you know, I'm definitely down to the pros. Definitely. I don't think I can go anywhere else with that. So what's really unique about this situation when I pull myself back from it is that you hear this all the time that people are talking about how we need certain themes that themes will sell, you know, yada, yada, yada. We hear this all the time, right? I've even said it and I still believe that to an extent, but, but this pirate situation has made me really reflect on this. And it's caused me to really take a step back. And I'm starting to wonder, do or does pinball really need certain themes to sell? And what I'm getting at is here, if you guys were around in late 2017 with pinball, I was, I wasn't on the competitive scene yet, but I did pay attention to the news. I was aware of pinball. And one of the things about when Jersey Jack released Pirates, Everybody, or I won't say everybody, a lot of people were questioning and they weren't questioning what the game looked like. Everybody thought it was beautiful. And of course we had the, you know, the thread, a dark day of Stern or something like that. But people were openly questioning the theme choice because this was not a theme that pinball fans were just beating down the doors about. This wasn't an in-demand theme. This was a head scratcher. When people heard that Pirates was announced, People were just wondering why, why it, it didn't make any sense on back then. It just, it didn't. Now, obviously there's going to be reasons why they chose that theme, but again, it wasn't an in demand theme. And a lot of people voiced their opinions of that. Fast forward a few years later, and this is after that theme did not sell well out of the gate. It did not. And there's a reason why it went off the line as quickly as it did. But you fast forward a few years later, all of a sudden, we live in the reality to where a second version of Pirates of the Caribbean, and it is Caribbean, my wife gives me crap all the time, a POTC legitimately sells for the most money possible on a third-party market. I mean, compared to everything else. Now, of course, you got your Supreme, you got, you know, Magic Girl, you got all that, but... What I'm talking about is, is a game to where they have a lot more pieces out there, or a lot more games out there than what we realize. And on top of that, it's not just one type of game. I mean, we're talking the LE and the CE. They're both selling for either right at 20,000 or above 20,000. And this is a Pirates, guys. This is a Pirates. It is not an in-demand theme. So that causes me to really take a step back and wonder, do we really need just A-tier themes in pinball? And I think Pirates really gives 
some credibility to the thought that we might not. Now, I get it. It's a different situation because obviously there's not too many of them out there as there could be, say, an Avengers, a Led Zeppelin, any of those games. A Wizard of Oz, for instance. Because a lot of those made it out into the wild. And I know Pirates, there's not too many compared to all these other themes that made it out into the wild. But this is showing that even a theme that is not in high demand, if you make a killer game, and there's not many of them out there, the prices are still going to go just insane. And I wonder if all the pinball companies are really paying attention to this. If they're really paying attention to, to this. Now, I'm not saying I think that just an original theme will sell. I don't think it will. Not like this. But I feel like we're in a situation to where a B-tier theme that is done correctly, that is basically an excellent design, it, that it could sell. I mean, Pirates doesn't even have all the assets. We don't hear Johnny Depp doing callouts. We don't, I don't think we even see Johnny Depp on the game. I don't have much time. I don't think he's even in the game. And yet here we are, $30,000 for the collector's edition of this. And I don't know if that's a result of just people that have more money than what they know to do with, and they just want something that not too many other people have. I don't know if this is the case of just Disney fanatics because it is a Disney property. I don't know. And that's something that I would be fascinated in learning about and digging more into. But I think that this goes to show, guys, that maybe, just maybe, theme might not be as important as we think when it comes to very expensive, high-level machines. Now, theme definitely matters when we're talking about location pinball. We're talking about the pro models. We're talking about something that's affordable, that quote, <laughs> semi-affordable for people that people could see on location and think that they want to coin drop. Now, I mean, it's crazy because think about it. If you put a collector's edition pirates on location and you put that next to Led Zeppelin, I guarantee you Led Zeppelin would get the bigger coin drop. I fully believe that. I think themes would speak to people that are there that aren't necessarily buyers. But if we're looking at the collectors, I think pirates is a prime example that I'm really paying attention to, to this, that you don't need an A-tier theme to sell a pinball machine for a whole lot of money. For a whole lot of money. So it makes me wonder, could these companies pivot a little bit to where maybe they start looking at getting B-tier themes that are still on people's minds, that are still semi-relevant today, and just making a colossal awesome package and saying... We've only got 250 of these, and they're going to be twenty dollars to $25,000 each. I got a feeling, and I know some people are going to hate it that I'm saying this. I got a feeling if they, if any company, well, let me take that back. Not if any company. If Stern or Jersey Jack did this, and they put out a game that's $25,000, and I'm not talking Beatles type. I'm not talking that, because we all know what that was about. I'm talking a game that's actually jam-packed that doesn't necessarily have all the assets, but is jam-packed in terms of design, sound, lights. And you put that at $25,000, I honestly, I think you sell out. I think you sell out. If Stern came out and said, Keith Elwin is creating this unique game, they announce it today, and they say, it'll be out a year from now, you probably sell out all your spots. And that's just the reality of where we're at today.
Because again, Pirates wasn't an in-demand theme. It just wasn't. And that goes into, I don't even know how it's not even possible to not even rerun this game. And that's a whole other issue. I don't know how it's not possible not to do it. So if I'm wanting a Pirates, I'm probably not spending that much money. I'm probably waiting back and making sure if I own a Pirates, I'm probably selling it and getting my money out of it right now. But again, pinball companies have to be looking at this and you have to be wondering what, like, how important is it to really have an A-tier asset game that is just jam-packed with everything? Now, again, obviously GNR is that. GNR is that. And that's shown by how much or how far Jersey Jack is behind on orders. I mean, there's still people that had LDs that paid back in October. And here we are March 10th as of today, and they're not getting it until May. So they are so far behind. And it just shows you how much the dynamics have just incredibly changed over what people are really wanting out of high tier pinball machines, just from just three or four years ago. I mean, it's incredibly, it is changed. And you have to definitely attribute that to one, you know, the pandemic, people being at home more, and plus two, a lot of these people have done well, whether it's investments. I know my wife and I, we've, our retirement savings has just skyrocketed this past year. And I hopefully all of you guys out there have done the same thing. Hopefully you're putting money back. If you're into pinball, I have to assume you're at least thinking on those terms. If you're not, please. Don't get financial advice from me, but please at least start thinking about it, guys. But this also takes me to Toy Story. This is a game that obviously is like the worst kept secret in pinball right now. We all know that it's coming. When? I don't know. I'd have to think it's coming sooner rather than later, although it can't come too soon because they're so backed up with Guns N' Roses. But fact is Toy Story could be priced at $15,000 for the CE and they will sell out day one. They will absolutely sell out day one. If you're thinking about speculating on a game, I, I don't see, and this is again, a Disney property. It's something that does, uh, to me, it is an A tier title in terms of its theme and the things that you can do with this game. And so I think that this is going to be something that, that will much like, it'll be just like Guns N' Roses in the sense that it will sell out and it will sell out quickly. And again, people are seeing this. People in the industry have to be seeing this and have to be wondering what can they do next in order to capitalize on this. And that still, that makes me wonder what levels of pinball are we gonna see? Would we see Stern put out a $25,000 machine? Would we see different options come out? Would we see a super LE from Stern become a regular theme? I, I, you could probably take any theme that they put out and make it a super LE for 15,000 and it would sell. It, it would absolutely sell. And that's just where we're at right now. And then that also lends itself to how do you, how do you decide who's going to do these themes? Because it's almost like, Obviously, Keith Elwin's a rock star. People will buy his games no matter what the theme is. So it's almost like, what strategy do you, do you use then? Do you take your best of the best and you think about putting them on mid-tier themes because you know that those will sell? Do you think about keeping them off your A-tier themes at this point because you know that they will sell? Or do you end up putting your best of the best on the A-tier theme 
And then your prices reflect that and you move towards a more dynamic pricing structure. I mean, these are all things I think about. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. I know, obviously, people don't want the prices to go sky high. But, you know, a funny thing is, too, guys, I was looking at the inflation uh, numbers just last week. And lo and behold, it's nuts. Like going, I don't have the chart in front of me, but there's certain games that have come out just in the past few years. Pros, I think Kiss Pro, for instance, when I look at the MSRP back then, I'm pretty sure it would have been right around 6,400 now, somewhere right around there. I'd have to go back and look at my charts. I just know that the numbers from the way the inflation rate was working kind of blew my mind and kind of took me a step back. I was just like, maybe we're not paying as much as I thought we were under some instances, under some. But so this goes into what themes are still out there. What themes fall under this in terms of a B-level theme that might not be that much to get, or maybe it's a theme that pinball companies already have and they can put out that would just be a total banger that would do a lot of business. And I was kind of looking at all these factors in place and it led me to one theme, one theme, and this is going to shock a lot of people, but it led me to one theme that I fully believe this would be an absolute monster. This would be a monster of a theme. And I think Stern already has access to this character as well, due to a game that you're looking at behind me, as a matter of fact, with Avengers. And I believe that one theme that is out there that would be a monster theme that would fall under a B-level quote, oh, hit my mic there, a B-level quote-unquote theme, although it could, it might get up to A tier here just in a couple of years, but I really do believe a Doctor Strange themed pen would do massive business. And I know a lot of people want Black Panther. I would love to see a Black Panther uh, machine. I would. He's one of my favorite characters in Marvel. I've read all those stories. I, I love it. But Doctor Strange, and hear me out, and here's why. One, again, E level. He's not necessarily one of the A tier characters from Marvel right? But what older machine is still sought after? What older machine has that quote unquote world under glass that you hear about all the time? And that's theater of magic. Dr. Strange deals with that sorcery, magic, all that stuff. Imagine that type of theme brought in today into 2021. And you give somebody like Elwin or somebody just a shot at just creating something magnificent underneath there. You think of the way the music goes. If you haven't heard the soundtrack to it, go listen to it. It, it fits a lot of things with pinball. It really does. And when you look at the colors, you look at things you could do with the pinball that matches up with that theme. And the fact that they are coming out with a sequel to his movie called the multiverse of madness, that I think is due out next year at some point. He is going to be literally the new Iron Man, the new Tony Stark for Marvel moving forward. A lot of the stories are going to revolve around Doctor Strange. And I'm telling you guys, this theme and the, the way that you could structure your whole theme underneath that glass, I think it would be spectacular. There's a lot of things that would make sense. There's a lot of callbacks that you could go to, to older games that people really do dig. It doesn't mean you have to do it exactly the same. Obviously it's gotta be new, 
but it's something that people still enjoy. And I think theater of magic is very much still relevant to people today. It still very much is. And the fact that you can kind of pull elements from that and place that into a character that everybody knows right now that is going to move from B level to A level within just a couple of years. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, this, this theme would do dynamite. I really do believe that just because not just the name right now, but just because of the potential designs and the way that you could make this just a total cinematic type experience with pinball. You really could, you really could, but that's all I got. Let me know in the comments down below, guys. What do you think? Am I just crazy for thinking Dr. Strange would be that? What do you guys think about these prices coming up? Where do you guys think pinball will go from here? If you haven't already, please leave a like down below. If you have any questions, comments, want to make fun of me, whatever you want to do, just send me a message at apinballpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment down below, just like I said. Other than that, though, if I don't talk to you guys before this weekend, you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys soon. Later, guys.